Do please take your seats as I think Patricia is going to come and read for us. So what we have now is we have a Bible reading and then um, Chris will come and speak to us on the Bible reading. A reading from the book of Philippians. In your relationships with one another, your attitude should be the same as that of, Jesus, of Christ Jesus, who, being in very nature of God, did not consider equality with God something to be grasped, but made himself nothing, taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, and being found in appearance as a man, and humbled himself as being obedient to death. even death on a cross. Therefore, God exalated him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name. That, that name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth. And every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. This is the word of the Lord. Thank you very much, Patricia. Now Chris is going to come and speak to us. Me now? Yep. Oh, good. Okay. I'll try again. Good morning, everyone. Good morning. Uh, I'd like to give you a hot welcome to St. Matthew's this morning. We usually say a warm welcome, but uh, I'd rather say a hot welcome because when you think of water, uh, water is nice if it's drunk if it's drank cold. Or it's nice if you drink it hot because you can put a tea bag in it. But warm water is not very nice. Uh, so a warm welcome is not that great either. So I'd rather give you a hot welcome. My name's Chris Everett. Uh, I'm the youth pastor here two days a week. Uh, pastor means a, a shepherd. And all my little sheep have gone out and uh, left me for a little while. Uh, I'm also uh, a painter and decorator uh, no job too small. <laughs> so, uh, anybody want their hall stairs and landing done? Exteriors, interiors. <laughs> There's no point having power if you can't abuse it. <laughs> Anyone else? I'm not the cheapest, but you know what they say: you get what you pay for. Anyone else? No? Okay. I am quite busy, so you might have to wait. Anyway, I am a painter and decorator, uh, but I am also the youth pastor here at St. Matthew's. And uh, I have three children. Uh, I'm going to tell you something now that will probably amaze you, okay? So it's just as well you're sat down. I have three children. I'm going to tell you what their ages are, okay? They're 31... 27 and 24. And the reason why I'm saying it's probably just as well you're sat down is because I know what you're thinking. You're looking at me and you're thinking, there's no way that you can have children that are 31, 27 and 24. I mean, come on. You, I look like I'm in my late 30s, don't I? You just broke a commandment. No, I'm not in my late 30s. I wish I was. Uh, but no, I have three children, and their names are Lee, Louise, and Lauren, uh, and my wife is called Lynn, 
So all their names begin with Al for some strange reason. My name's Chris, so I'm the odd one out. I'm thinking of maybe changing my name by deed poll to Larry, but I don't think that would suit me somehow. But I want to talk a little bit about names this morning, because when I think back about when we named our children, I know that I wasn't a Christian, the first child that we had, and I didn't really think much about names, to be honest. To, to me and to my wife, we just thought, well, what sounds nice? And uh, back in 1985, I think it was, uh, when our first son was born, Lee, as it turned out, seemed to be quite a popular name. We thought he was coming up with something quite sort of unique and all the rest of it. And then it turns out that everybody's called their kid Lee. So that didn't quite work out. And our second daughter's called Louise. And our third daughter's called Lauren. And it wasn't until the third daughter was born that we really started to give much uh, attention to a name and what it could mean. Because Her uh, middle name is the name that we really sort of like paid a lot of of attention to. And her middle name is Rebecca. And that's a name that we liked from the Bible. And so we said that her middle name should be Rebecca. But I want to talk about a name this morning uh, that many of us, well, all of us in this room knows this name. Uh, The Bible says in our reading that his name is above every other name. And at his name, every knee will bow and every tongue will confess, whether in heaven or on earth or under the earth. Everybody knows who this name is. It's the name of Jesus. Have you ever stopped to consider that Jesus' name is so powerful that it's the name above every other name? And he's so powerful that at the end of the age, every knee will bow before him and every tongue will confess. Now, something occurred to me only the other day, and it's this. That come the 6th of October of this year, I will have spent exactly half of my life as a Christian and the other half of my life as a non-Christian. Exactly half. And you might think to yourself, how do you know that it was the 6th of October that you'll have spent exactly half of your life as a Christian. Well, I can tell you that because I know that on the 6th of October in 1990, something quite remarkable happened to me, completely out of the blue, that if someone had said it could have happened, I would never have believed it. Because if you had known me uh, in 1990... If you had met me in the street or in a pub, which is where I usually was, you would have been faced with a very different person from the type of person that stood in front of you talking today. Because for a start, I never would have imagined that I could even have been stood up in front of a group of people sharing my faith the way I am today. Because I wasn't a Christian before the 6th of October 1990. In fact, I was very far from being a Christian. I was a drunkard. I used to spend most of my time in the pub. Violence was something that I used to enjoy. I used to like fighting. I used to get in trouble with the police. I was a bad husband, a terrible father, and my life was going down the drain. And I knew that if I didn't sort things out, I would probably end up the same way as my dad, who was an alcoholic and a bum. I used to only ever see my dad in the pub or perhaps sat on a wall in the St Mary's Butts 
drinking cider. He never had a roof over his head. And when I grew up as a kid, he was someone that, although I loved, I was also embarrassed about because I would walk through the street with my mates and there he would be in the middle of, in the, middle of the afternoon, absolutely blotto. And I knew that my life could be heading that way, but I didn't know what to do about it. In fact, I didn't think I could do anything about it. But to cut a long story short, I ended up going to church uh, on the 6th of October 1990 as a complete heathen, a complete unbeliever. If someone had ever said to me about going to church up until that point, I used to laugh in their face. I used to say that my local pub was my church. I used to think the whole thing was a joke. Church is dry, it's irrelevant, it's boring. People just wear wing collars and sandals. What's that got to do with me? It's got nothing to do with my life. But I went to church that day desperate because I knew that my life was at a tipping point. I knew that I could quite easily end up the same way as my dad and probably in prison. So I'll tell you what happened. My father-in-law picked me up in the car and I got in the car and he drove me to this church, it's called Three Mile Cross, and I went into the church. He went back to my wife and he said, you know, he's actually gone in the church. That was the biggest miracle to begin with because no one ever believed I would do it. They all thought that I would just, you know, go in the pub on Saturday night, but I went into the church. And let me tell you, this is a true story. This is a true story. When I went into the church, I sat down. There was probably about 200 people in there that night. I was a complete unbeliever. I never knew anything about God or anything. And I sat down. And I'm telling you, this is the truth. As soon as I sat down in the chair, it felt like someone had put a glass box over me and separated me from everyone else that was in the room. And I realized that something was going to happen. I didn't know what it was going to be, but I knew something was going to happen. And then what happened was, there were songs and all the rest of it. I sat there, didn't take part, thought it was all stupid. I looked around and I was kind of like thinking, you know, this isn't for me. But then something happened. A preacher got up and he started to preach and he started to tell me about God. And I realised that as he started to speak about God, he was speaking directly at me because the penny started to drop. That everything I'd ever done in my life... Every person I'd ever hurt, every person that had ever hurt me, God knew everything about it. And that was frightening. Because I realised that actually, the God who made the heavens and the earth and knew everything about me, at that moment in time, if he wanted to, had the power to kill me. And he would have been quite right to do so. I could have had no arguments, I really believed that. And then something amazing happened. He told me about Jesus dying on the cross. And he said that Jesus died on the cross, not for the the righteous, but for the sinner. That was me. The preacher told me that Jesus died on the cross for the sick, not the healthy. That was me. Jesus said that, uh, God said that, the preacher said that Jesus died on the cross to set captives free. I was a captive. And I suddenly realised that even though God had the power to strike me down dead, even though he knew everything about me, he was actually offering me the chance of forgiveness. And you know something? That name, 
That name that's above every other name, the name to which every knee will bow and every tongue confess, was a name that I blasphemed every day of the week. If I was angry, if I was surprised, you know what it's like. We all do it. We think nothing of it. But the reason why we do it is because we don't understand that Jesus has the name that is above every other name. The name to which every knee will bow and every tongue confess. Your knee and my knee at the end of the age is going to bow before Jesus. In the scripture it doesn't say some knees. It doesn't say a few knees. It doesn't say many knees. It says every knee. Every knee will bow. My question to you is, are you bowing the knee to Jesus today? Because one day you will. Some people will bow the knee before Jesus gladly. Some people can't wait for that day. I long for the day when I can see Jesus and bow in front of him and give him thanks for everything that he's ever done in my life. Because I know that whatever he's done, I've never deserved it. I'm looking forward to the day when I can say to him, Jesus, thank you that you rescued me from alcoholism. Thank you that you rescued me from being violent. Thank you that you rescued me from prison. Thank you that you rescued my marriage. Thank you that you rescued my children. I've got a lot to thank Jesus for. But you've all got a lot to thank Jesus for as well. But some people will bow the knee, not joyfully or thankfully, but because they'll have to. Some people will do it begrudgingly, but they'll have to do it. Because when you bow the knee, what you're actually saying is you're acknowledging that the person you're bowing the knee before is powerful. More powerful than you. And there is no other name given to men under heaven by which you can be saved other than through the name of Jesus. He is the way, the truth and the life. And no one goes to the Father except through him. You can't go round him, you can't go under him, you can't go over him. It's only through Jesus. His name is above every other name. So I would, I would want to sort of finish by saying that if you're not bowing the knee before Jesus today, maybe you've never thought that you needed to. Maybe you never realised that the day would come when you would have to. But it's my job as a preacher to say, if you never knew that, then you know it now. And it's worth considering because I'm telling you what Jesus has done for me, he can do for you. If he can set me free, he can set you free. And I don't know what your stories are, where you come from or what your history is. But I know that all of us share one thing in common. We've all known pain in our lives. We've all known rejection. We've all all known sadness. We've all known the death of a loved one. There's all kinds of things that come into our lives that that hold us into captivity. Jesus loves you so much that he sent his one that he came to die for you. God loved the world so much that he sent his only one and only son that he should die for you. Just imagine the one who made the heavens and the earth cares so much about you that he should even die for you on a cross and set you free. Set you free from the power of sin and death and to give you up to eternal life. So that's my story. It's a true story. And 26 years later, I'm still here. It doesn't mean to say that my life is rosy all the time, but I know that God loves me. I know that he's real. 
I know that he cares about each and every one of us. So let's bow our heads and pray. Father, thank you for your love for each one of us. Thank you that you sent your son Jesus to come and and suffer and die in our place. Thank you, Lord, that you know everything there is to know about us. Thank you, Lord, that there's nothing hidden from your sight. We give you thanks and praise. And Lord, I'm just really honoured to be able to stand there in front of all of these people and declare that your name, Lord Jesus, is the name above every other name. The name to which every knee will bow and every tongue confess. And whether we believe it or not, it's going to happen. And we thank you for that, Lord. Amen.